Blind Rocks, though it's an organization that is empowering blind people traveling all around the world, it's also my vision and my life. You know, I really want to commit myself and have been committing myself 100% with Blind Rocks, and I really want to see blind rocking all around the world. Stick your neck out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation. U.S. American educator, advocate for the blind and deaf, Helen Keller, said once, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but not vision. Welcome back to Stick Your Neck Out, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. My name, Jean-Pierre Aguiar-Duragnon. If you don't find a way, create one. This sentence motivated my guest today, Sristi Casey, a Cantari graduate from 2012. In that year, the Cantari course gave Sristi energy and confidence, and she gained the right tools and methods to start her organization, Blind Rocks. In Nepal, Blind Rocks' mission is to fully integrate and engage blind people into every aspect of society. Sristi is a dancer, a public speaker, an actress, an adventurer, a motivator, an initiator, and also completely blind. Sristi, you are currently taking part in the show Dancing with the Stars, Nepal edition. How is it going? Uh, actually, I have recently been eliminated from the show, but overall the journey was great. I had a great experience. Uh, so for the first time, I got chance to learn dance technically and formally uh, with my choreographer, Kesav Thapa and other two, Sekhar and Saros. And it was really a great experience because the way they taught was you know, superb, their determination and dedication not only taught me about dancing, but also different aspects of life. So I will take that as a great journey with a huge experience. Yeah, I mean, it's a pity that you're not longer in the competition, but still it's beautiful that you that you managed to, to really learn from it. What does dancing mean to you? For me, dancing means it's all about expression. You know, it's about articulating what you feel to the people in different languages. So that's what I understood dance. How do you experience dancing? So for me, it was a bit different, you know, because uh, other people would see their teachers, imitate, observe and perform. But that was very different for me. So what I would do is I would touch the feet of my choreographer, touch his hips and soldiers and head and all. And that's how I would translate that movement on my body. So actually, it was body to body transmission. So for me, it was more with uh, tactile, with sound and with this um, feeling. It was a challenge, but I think um, I, I love challenges, you know. So for me, it was a different adventure. So I took that up. And uh, yeah, of course, my choreographer helped me a lot uh, for the orientation, for me to understand how far I can go and not. So it was also about boosting my confidence understanding and trusting my partner while dancing so yeah that really helped me and even when i whenever i perform a solo dance i always take the measurement of the stage so that would helps me to create like a internal map and mm. then i can just perform in my own world yeah that's awesome sissy you lost your eyesight when you were only 16 years old do you mind sharing how this happened yeah so actually i just had a kind of allergy that used to itch my eyes so when I went to hospital, I got like a steroid medicine, which is not supposed to put for a longer period of time. So since there was not uh, proper monitoring, so that what caused glaucoma, 
then um i was frequently in hospital on um, operation and all and even the day when i stopped seeing completely i still thought that it was a temporary thing you know i i always thought that it's like a fever that would come and go and that's how i took it to my blindness also i just thought that it's a temporary time certain time that i'm not able to see but i'm sure i'll be uh, i will see so i was with that hope uh, i think for a couple of years actually mm. when slowly i started realizing that actually now you know that's it's it's not a temporary thing i have to now live rest of my life as a blind person hope is definitely a really nice beautiful and strong feeling how was the day when you lost your sight would you mind to share this with us yeah so actually um, i used to love dancing i mean i love dancing from my childhood and then i had to perform in a parents day so i was doing a solo performance then i went on a stage that was the very first time i went on a stage then i suddenly realized that i was not able to see you know everything was very blur Mm. so but i still tried uh, dancing then i could not see the edge of the stage so that's how i happened to fall of uh, fall from the stage and then i realized like there's something wrong with my eyes because i'm not able to see oh that's that's really hard but after this experience you just kept dancing that's amazing did someone show you how to do it or you just learned by yourself uh, during that time i should definitely remember my school principal because we were about my mom was also there with me during the parents day and you know she started crying yes, like okay you know when i fell off then we both decided to actually go back home and we were just returning and on a get i i met my principal and she came and she said that like you know you're not going back without dancing uh, she said that i know you can do it mm. and you rather go back on the stage and perform again and not just perform the dance but you are also hosting or moderating rest of the show so cool. she even gave me the extra responsibility you know then mm. i was like well you know i could not deny my teacher so i had to go i had that obligation so i went back on a stage and i performed you know and i didn't fell off and that awesome. gave me kind of a, a lesson that yes you might fall but you can rise up again so i decided not to give up anymore of course i tried to go learn dancing in different institutions after i got blind mm-hmm. but in the initial phase no one was ready to actually accept me as a student as a as the dancing student because everybody had had this presumption that blind people cannot dance mm. you know, they were like it would be very difficult it would be very time consuming and they would just back out but then i said well if nobody teaches i'll teach myself you know i can use my imagination mm. and i will dance however i feel like So that's how I kept continued dancing and I'm happy that recently because of this reality show finally you know even after 10 years yeah. I got chance to learn dance formally technically yeah Yeah that's awesome how did losing your eyesight change your trajectory as a dancer I wouldn't say myself a dancer because <laughs> to be dancer is much more harder thing and you we need to know much more technicalities I have passion with dancing so When I got blind and when I was rejected from an institution for dancing that was the point when I decided that I will actually start using dance as a tool for social change because I realized that there are lots of don't and can't thing mm. always set for the blind and visually impaired people 
and i realized that dance was normally not in the list for blind people they would always encourage blind people on music or you know singing and other things but never on dancing so i said well i will start teaching other blind people how to dance you know at least to move because uh, you know dance is a great medium of expression or also it's good for our physical and mental health so i said we can't be away from the colorful aspects of life so i decided why not use dance as a social tool for so for empowering blind people so that's how i slowly actually started advocating for the rights for the equality of blind using art as a tool and dance was one of the major tool i mean it's totally possible I, you are actually the living proof of it i'm sure you have learned a lot about yourself as a dancer and mostly as a person what things surprise you takes you back in your everyday life so when i got blind you know things were changing and actually me as a person i wasn't changed but the way people started treating behaving talking i felt that i was a different person when i was learned you know so actually this gave me a vision you know that's why i always say i lost the sight but got the vision of life mm. because this gave me a vision because i saw a huge gap that existed between the sighted and the blind people you know the way sighted people treated for the blind people because for the society i was no longer sristi i was one disabled girl you know so they started treating me uh, very differently so i could not tolerate that you know i i used to get very shocked i was used to ask myself you know why suddenly this to me till the age of 16 when i was still uh, like you know teenager or even a mm. child people trusted on me but now when i'm above 16 people actually with my age and experience of life people had to trust me more just because i was blind you know they were treating me like incapable you know so actually i wasn't being disabled but the society was forcing me to be to be disabled yeah so that what shocked me so that was the point when i also said this shocking life should be rocking life that's why i start <laughs> i gave my organization name also blind rocks that's right and blind rocks in nepal how although you are obviously physically and mentally capable of dancing the dancing community and nepali society at large rejected you what is what is like having a disability in nepal so disability comes with lot of stereotype thinking you know it, it is also associated with the past scene karma you know so they feel that uh, either like your parents have done a scene or you had committed scene in your previous life that's why you are disabled or you're blind so it's taken as a inferior things to happen in your life is taken as something disaster you know that's why because of all this kind of uh, belief wrong belief of the people uh, lots of persons with disability are discriminated you know they don't get equal rights and opportunities and of course like they are not friendly infrastructure around so when we are trying to cope or adapt to the environment and simply just because the environment is not favorable for us mm. but that people do not understand they actually think it's our incapabilities So with all this kind of um, discriminative thoughts yeah, yeah. enters our life. Yeah, harsh. 2012 after you visited the Kantari program in Kerala, you founded Blind Rocks. Can we talk a bit about it? Yes. Blind Rocks, though it's an organization that is empowering blind people traveling all around the world, it's also my vision and my life. you know i really want to commit myself and have been committing myself 100% 
with blind rocks and i really want to see blind rocking all around the world and uh, slowly and gradually people accepting us and slowly and gradually with this hope to see more and more inclusive and egalitarian environment so i think blind rocks stands to create more inclusive and egalitarian world for all actually kanthari was a great turning point for me you know so after i finished my diploma until that time i was already you know i wanted to do something in the social field i wanted to do something for the blind community because i went through something and i overcome myself i i was able to empower myself then i also wanted to empower many other blind people and kanthari was the best place for me because it was a leadership institution you know and i and when i got the scholarship and i went there actually i must say that i found myself you know in the beginning when i had initially lost the sight i i went very quiet mm. i just didn't want to speak because i always felt that the world was so different for me they were treating so different so i used to always get shocked you know i wasn't feeling comfortable with the society that i was in mm. but when i went to the kantari that was the example world for me they had a very inclusive and egalitarian environment there were not only people with disabilities there were people from all marginalized communities and i think all had a story and that kind of inspired me you know i could be myself i could be independent i could do things around and most importantly i could do things wrong and mm. understand that there is other way of doing things and there is other way of doing things right you know so i of course i got lot of knowledge about running organization its a structure fundraising a communication and all but apart from that actually i also learned about you know independent about confidence about my own life and i i suddenly felt that oh hmm. i'm back you know yeah yeah so i was a very talkative child and i had gone quiet and suddenly i started speaking you know <laughs> i could i could speak to everybody and everybody i felt that was like my friends everybody i felt that they were accepting me understanding me and i was like well finally finally i'm back you know <laughs> Yeah, that's nice. So, Blind Rocks was your initial idea when you started at Kantari, or did you had another? Yeah, in in the beginning, I had gone saying that I want to start like a oldies home, you know. But of course, the art was still there. Okay. But I thought that I want to empower a senior citizens because me as a youth, I was feeling I have good friends and all. But what would happen when I grow old? You know, I was mm. <laughs> very scared of that. But slowly, when I started going to the fields. you know meeting other blind people doing blind rocks activities i felt this is something that touches my heart more you know because i experienced that mm. so i said oh, i mean i could still continue with all this home but i could take that in the future when i really you know get older whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and i said like this is something which is more dear to my heart so then i transformed i completely transformed my project with the knowledge in kantari for which i'm also thankful to sabria and paul croningberg the founders then i started blind rocks okay blind rocks offers a series of innovative workshops that impact interpersonal skills such as public speaking facial expression space awareness and communication skills how many set of workshops do you have at blind rocks how do you train for empowerment yeah so we have different sets of workshops one the first one is as you said it's the interpersonal skills where we actually teach like body language facial expressions and all we do use tactile methods and use theater as a tool 
so that blind people actually learn gestures and postures because these are also things that we normally learn observing right yeah. so since um, especially for the born blind people when they have never seen other people they might not know about the gestures and postures so normally there are a lot of blind people who develops this uh, blindism you know which is called like uh, either they keeps shaking their head or flipping their fingers and so on so in order to uh, enhance their personality we do this kind of interpersonal skills and also dance as we were talking more and apart from that we also do like a fashion so we teach blind about how to do the makeup we teach them about colors and actually we also organize a beauty pageant for blind people so we have already organized a season 2 you know mr and okay mr and mrs blind, blind rockers I, i thought this is one yeah. kind of a miss universe for blind people is this is this right yeah it's a similar concept but uh, till now we we have limited only in nepal but of course we do want to make it international but we were the first to start in nepal this mr and mrs blind rockers also the fashion show for the blind where they were you know walking on a ramp doing catwalk with the white can and very proudly <laughs> yeah that's and we that's also great. go for adventures yeah tell me a little bit about this yeah so we go like a uh, river rafting we go rock climbing we go paragliding so that it helps blind people to trust in the abilities and also it helps the non disabled community also to trust our abilities so we also encourage blind people to take a risk because yeah it's a uh, risk always help us to you know boost our confidence mm. and grow higher so we go this uh, we'd go this adventure uh, trips as well <laughs> you also have a virtual fitness studio fit for post corona how does this work yeah so um the pandemic situation like for everybody it did affect us too you know we were no longer able to invite our blind members to our own institution because blind people are blind or any persons with disabilities are at a high risk of getting uh, covid because we need to touch we depend more on touch so but we did want to continue the activities because we didn't want blind people to stay passive in the home and we thought okay it's very important that they stay fit they stay happy and they stay mentally also Oh uh, well so we decided to start this a uh, virtual fitness club you know mm-hmm. then uh, where to to the uh, online platform we started teaching them the pre workouts like the morning routine exercises that they could do to make themselves you know healthy then we also started teaching some dance dance move online because we were already familiar uh, with them using audio descriptions like okay. what could they do you know like we could say okay now just turn your feet around and just uh, imagine that you are sitting on a chair just sit down and stand up sit down and stand up you know so we could give them different kind of audio instruction okay so that they could actually understand what to do and they could actually implement in their day to day life so that's how we started this virtual fitness club and so far Uh, we got a very good response our members were very happy hmm. and yeah they're still dancing <laughs> doing their <laughs> regular exercises and staying happy and healthy cool blind rocks has been also growing over the years i've heard you are expanding beyond the border yes so we have been doing because i always had this vision because blind people are everywhere in the world and this kind of activities are needed for any blind people 
you know wherever they live mm. so i decided that i don't want to limit my vision only in nepal i wanted to also travel the world and i wanted to also impart the skills i have to other blind people residing across the globe so yeah so far been to different parts of europe to africa and uh, different parts of asia doing the workshop actually we did in germany too okay and now you have also an office in uk we don't have like a particular office but we have a small group formed in uk because like i graduated from uk i completed my master's degree from uk and that time i met some very good like minded people so we have formed a small group in uk who helps a lot for us to initiate different activities here in nepal okay Yeah, great. How can people out there living in a similar situation as you and your family did learn for the more experience blindness is not as a deficit but as a possibility to solve problems? I think if my parents had restricted me to do things, you know, I would never rise up. So, was first my parents who actually believed on me and said, "Well, if you want to do something, just go for it because whatever i said they never said no you know when i said i i do want to continue my study they tried their best to help me when i said i do want to travel abroad and learn more about my life and something that what i want to do in my life they trusted me and said yes go for it so i think that was the trust that helped me to find or search for the possibilities in my life mm. and when i also started moving on life i never I never took blindness as a deficit of my life or you know something disaster that happened to life. I just took my blindness as something to experience life differently and yet beautifully, you know. Yes, I could not see, but that did not mean that I had lost my uh life, you know. My yeah. life was there and I had my own dream, I had my own hopes and to be to be visionary you don't need sight, right? To do something in life you don't need sight. all you need is your trust all you need is that guts and i think i had that so saying that what i would say is like if parents allow their child to go cross the limit allow their child to explore their life you know trusting on them yeah. it will also help their child to actually trust themselves and find the possibilities i mean they might fall but as i was saying before we will again rise up Yeah, definitely. What's your advice or message for blind dancers and dancers with disabilities? My message for the blind dancer, dancer with disabilities is keep dancing, you know. We need more people. We need more blind dancer. We need more persons with disability dancing on the floor so that like, you know, people can understand us, empathize us and be more welcoming towards us, you know, because a uh, dance is also it also teaches like a teamwork you know it's a bonding and mm. all and every culture has a dance so actually it's a very very effective medium to integrate persons with disability into the mainstream so i would say like i mean let's dance but also let's make sure that a lot of people like us are dancing out there that's beautiful thank you srishti for this very personal talk i appreciated a lot and find it was really really empowering thank you so much yampai it was just a really really great coming to your show and sharing my experience for the people out there thank you so much meet the kantari srishti kesi from baktapur nepal and the team of blind rocks this organization uses interpersonal skills training dance fashion and adventure sports 
to rock the blind and the society's attitude towards them. Blind Rocks the World at blindrocks.org Next week, I'm going to be talking to Trevor Molife, the founder of Purple Hand Africa, an organization that supports LGBTQI youth in Zimbabwe through access of psychosocial support, vocational and entrepreneurship skills development. His dream is that LGBTQI youth will be empowered and society will recognize them as contributing citizens. You'll find the Stick Your Neck Out podcast every Tuesday on Spotify, iTunes, our homepage and every other place where you listen to your podcast. But if you subscribe the podcast, you don't have to look out for us. We'll be coming to you. Tell us also about your frontline hero. Visit us at giraffe-heroes.eu. My name is Jean-Pierre Aguiar-Durañona, and I hope you join us also on our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. But more important, I hope you join us again next week. Stick your neck out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation. 